The Talking Points podcast is produced in partnership with Fee Michael Gibson and clinicaltrialresults.org. Hi, Mike Gibson, George Dengas, coming to you live from ESC 2021. We're talking about the Invisage study, looking again at the question of anticoagulation post-TAVR. Uh, George, tell us a little bit about the design of the study and what you found. Thank you for inviting me, Mike. My pleasure to present the study at ESC 2021. It was a randomized, uh, not placebo-controlled, open-label, uh, multi-center trial in, in uh, many sites in three continents. 1,426 patients were randomized into it. And it was in patients after a successful study within a few days after, essentially upon discharge. Could be up to seven days if they needed a pacemaker. And then they were randomized into a doxamon versus vitamin K antagonist which could be warfarin or any other analog according to whatever is approved in various countries, target INR two to three. What was the edoxvan dose? I mean, there's a low dose, a high dose, you have a lot of elderly people. What dose did you go with? That's a great question. We went with the approved dose, 60 milligrams, or for atrofibrillation, because most patients had all patients had atrofibrillation, mostly pre-existing MSA. Nuances were just about one or two percent. And uh, there were specified criteria primarily for renal function in the United States to downturn the, uh, to downgrade, I should say, the adoxabinose with 30 milligrams once daily. And there's some other um, uh, reasons for low body weight or some other concomitant medications in, in countries outside the US, again, mandating lower dose. This was, was Japan in the study? Well, Japan was in the study. And yes. did they go with the 30? They often do. They, they do. Mostly, most, most, mostly they, they, they do. At the same time, they also went to a lower um, INR, um, again, as approved sure. in those respective countries. Overall, the 30 milligram dose was uh, used about just about half. It was nearly half and half. So, uh, again, this was clinically driven, not in any randomized fashion and all that. Uh, the results were intriguing. It was a non-inferiority study regarding MACE, uh, which is a composite of uh, all sorts of ischemic events, including all-cause death, MI stroke, embolization, and uh, also major bleeding. And regarding MACE, uh, in the study met the primary endpoint. It was non-inferior. The margin was 38%, and we stayed clear of that. On the, second, on, the, on the second analysis of the major safety endpoint, uh, which was the uh, major bleeding by uh, ISTH definitions, uh, the non-inferiority was not met. Uh, th this means there was a, a higher, higher rate of uh, bleeding in the, in the adoxaban uh, arm. Uh, and from then on, and I think this caps the main findings of the study in, in reality, then from then on, we went into some analysis to understand the, the, the results better. And that included the analysis of the 30 milligram dose, uh, the, the, I should say, patients who fulfilled a criterion to adjust down the dose, as well as patients who were needed 
uh, were treated with oral antiplatelet therapy at the same time. This was again a very large chunk of patients who needed that. Um, and uh, turns out that those patients that were uh, trending towards lower bleedings in general. Mm -hmm. So that's what we found. Yeah, you know, when you go back, I remember so vividly the FDA review, uh, the panel review of the EDOX mandate at the 30 milligram dose had less bleeding, uh, less ICH, lower mortality. So it's always on to me. Yes, the efficacy on ischemic stroke was a little better with 60, but, um, you know, I always wondered if the 30 would be the winner, but uh, where does this where does this put us in terms of NOACs as a strategy post-TAVR? How do you put it all together at this point? Well, I think the two populations, those who need oral anticoagulation due to other fibrillation and those who don't. And those who don't, that weren't part of this study, they were informed by Galileo, Atlantis, or other studies, and it didn't seem to be all that beneficial uh, in reality uh, because of the trends of high mortality. So let's leave that aside. And those who need uh, anticoagulation, this is a larger study. Mm -hmm. And the population was at least a decade older mm -hmm. than the classic heterofibrillation studies that sure. we all refer to. Sure. Uh, and uh, the comorbidities were tremendous, upwards of 80% heart failures and all that. There's no question. Uh, so uh, I think we have to be very careful in utilizing the NOACs and the dosage here. I think that based on our results, for example, uh, I would not feel uh, uh, very strong about the 60 milligram dose, but I think I would like to see more research going about a 30 milligram dose mm -hmm. and open up a broader discussion on when we be advised in general regarding dosage and, and treatments of, of any agent. Uh, this is typically derived from age groups that maybe our current patients in Tavian should be in other conditions because the longevity increases and we have treatments for elderly patients now. I'm not sure how applicable that is or how robust, I should say, those pharmacodynamic data may end up being. So that opens up a broader discussion uh, we should have regarding perhaps downgrading um, uh, dosages of some medications and not only in Asian population, perhaps learning from East Asian population and the regulatory agencies in, in those countries that have went ahead and, and mandated based on low body weight and other factors, uh, some of the doses, perhaps that uh, might be a, a worthwhile discussion to have. Yeah. Well, this was certainly the biggest look at those who require anticoagulation uh, with a tapper. Fascinating, great, great quality as always uh, from you and your group, George. Thanks for joining us and thanks to all of you for joining us here live from ESC 2021.